Santa. Yeah. I can hear her fucking <laughs> Oliver's gargles. Him and Finn are wrestling. I, it just sounds like fucking Oliver's just like. Well, that's because that's exactly what he's fucking doing. Yeah, that's all I hear. It's just fucking. That sounds like the girl from the ring. Actually, that was me. I was the girl from the ring. Oh, nice. Yeah, I got a pretty good check from that. Yeah, I bet. Fucking man. Yeah, I had to cut my hair, though, afterward. Because it's too greasy. Because you look like an emo girl. I mean, emo girl is kind of the look I'm going for, if we're going to be honest. But I was getting recognized on the street and be like, hey, you're the thing from the thing. And I was like, oh, yeah. You're the thing. (laughs) Hey, you're you're that that thing. (laughs) And I haven't haven't grown my hair out since. I haven't had long hair in a long-ass time. Um, yeah, I don't think I typically, I mean, my hair just like, I grow it and then I don't cut it. Uh, and then eventually I'm just like, oh wait, I look like I'm homeless. I look like Kevin. Kev is on a different level of homeless. Yeah, Kev, you see, but Kevin like takes care of his hair. He did ha- try to talk to me the one day about, con- I was like, yeah, I'm not talking to you about this. I love it. Cause I used to have long hair and I used to like let conditioner sit in my hair for like 20 minutes. Yeah. When you had your hipster haircut. Yeah. No, no. Like in high school when my hair was like a foot long. Oh, you had your hipster haircut and your hair was long. It was long, but it wasn't It wasn't like long. entirely long, too. Like I could man bun it, but not like six Not in man all buns. of its glory. Yeah. What a shame. Wow, you're a coward for getting out of that. For cutting it? Yeah, how dare you? How dare you want to be presentable to the public? Although I did decide today I'm... What is up, you dopes? Welcome back to another episode of the Fetch and Shock Podcast. Joining you, as always, is me, your host, a wasted BNR announcement, Tyler. And then joining me is my co-host, an announcement for another announcement, Matt. Matt, what is going on, dude? <laughs> the announcement for the announcement. Mm-hmm. Fucking yeah, dumb that's dumbs. what we got today. Uh, yeah, BNR season is... Uh, apparently as never-ending as spoiler season is. about to say, they're the same fucking thing. Yeah, it just seems it's cyclical now. Every time that something new comes out, uh, something has to get taken out of that new thing that came out because it's too good. Just fuck it all up. Yeah. Uh, So before we dive in, a nice little reminder that if you are interested in supporting the Fetch and Shock podcast and other content that we produce... You should head over to FlipsideGaming.com. They are your best source for Magic Singles, Sealed Product, and Supplies. Uh, And if you use code FETCH at checkout, you can get 10% off of your order. So go buy all of your uh, Field of the Deads before they get banned in standard. (laughs) No, buy them after they get banned. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, now we're an MTG Finance podcast. Now MTG Finance. Buy after it gets banned because cheap. Yes. Okay. That's when I bought Deathrite Shamans is when they got banned in Modern. I said, yeah, I'll take them. Yeah, that doesn't seem like a bad time to buy. And then they got banned in Legacy, and now there's like nine printings of them for one format. Yeah. Uh, Two and... formats if you count Commander and Cube. I mean, yeah, Cube's like really the only other format. Like, do people play Deathrite Shaman and Commander? It just seems kind of useless. Um, it's a really good mana dork because it does other stuff. I mean, but people aren't putting lands in the graveyard as common as modern legacy and vintage like i feel like it's a, a lot less consistent of a mana dork yeah but that's what i mean it does other stuff to it sure i mean it's life. a utility one mana creature i heard playing Drains monsters are good in commander so <laughs> yeah that they are but uh we had some things happen this week in magic so let's jump in start talking about them uh first of all uh we had abandoned restricted announcement that came around and nobody really cared about it because uh nothing was really causing any problems in magic at least at that point and by at that point i mean like monday yeah it was the seventh two yeah. days ago yeah and there was no twitter arguments about it there was no drama there was no uh people screaming that the sky is swallowing and everything's burning and gonna blow up uh because nothing was bad so the ban and restrict announcement came and went no heat came from it and then like middle of the week like two days later People are starting to play with these Eldraine cards in Standard and in other formats, too, because the, the cards are great. Uh, we covered a little bit of that last week, what we think is cool in Standard formats. But uh, turns out uh, there are some really, really busted cards in, in Standard right now because they, Wizards just keeps making good cards. So I think um, there was some kind of announcement or some kind of I think it's the magic, the arena, um, like mythic qualifier, or uh, the arena 
like mythic mythic championship uh coming up soon and i think deck registrations or deck list had to be submitted today i actually think the mc is this weekend for that but regardless i deck registration and submission was today uh and then it hours later after that apparently uh wizards tweeted out that the next banner restriction which was scheduled for november is now bumped up to October 21st. Well, the weird fucking thing is they announced another announcement. That's it. Well, Why yeah, they said that like you uh, could honestly just be like this is going to be banned effective this date. Well, I think cuz they need to make an official announcement for it. And, like I I genuinely I get the announcement for the announcement. Like I understand why they did. Super strange to me, but because they, they need different to... strokes for different folks. Because, I mean, that's the thing with banned and, restrict and restricted announcements is that they always have a set date to them so people know when to expect what's going on. Uh, so changing the announcement from November 18th, the initial date, to October 21st, which is two weeks after the previous one, which has to be like the shortest span between BNRs. Uh, unless there's, like, emergency bans. Yeah. Um, but the exact tweet that Magic Sports tweeted was, uh, we previously announced the next BNR date as November 18th. After further reflection on the, quote, uh, parentheses, very busy competitive gaming schedule and discussion on the implication windows with our digital turn or digital teams, we are shifting that next announcement to October 21st. Definitely strange. Yeah. So uh, something must have happened or maybe they actually put some time and effort into thinking about what's going on in Magic. Um, and they bumped the BNR, the next BNR, up significantly. Yeah. Like, almost an entire month. Very strange, but... And two weeks after a previous announcement where the announcement was that there are no bans and no restrictions. Yeah, that's really strange to me. Why not just do it then? Do you think they just didn't give a shit? Well, I think they were going off the the numbers that they had at the time, or at least the weeks leading up to it. And the numbers that they had with weeks leading up to it is that, uh, at least as far as standard is concerned, the world was not on fire. But mm. now that Eldraine is here and uh, we have the entire texture of that standard format, now apparently something happened. Yeah, what broke it? Like, what made it just go, yep, get fucked? Well, I I have, and I, me and Matt are both, we will 100% concede the fact that we are the farthest thing from standard specialists. Yeah, I could give a shit, honestly. We don't even know how to play most of the decks in standard. Just because we're just like, oh, I don't, like, who who cares? Like, I don't understand what's going on with this format. Um, but from the, the chatter that I have heard on Twitter, uh, the big issue is Field of the Dead. Or in mo more specifically, like, the Golo-style decks. How did Eldraine change that deck? Um, from my knowledge, the Eldraine cards that are in that deck are not like crazy, at least in the it, the five color Golo decks. Um, like they're playing that Wrath Giant. There, uh, some of them were playing like Fey of Wishes. I don't so think it's just that like anything crazy, is incredibly like busted. Crazy hard control. Is I mean, what it sounds it's like it's not even just like control. It's just you're overwhelming your opponent with zombies. Like on the big card, because um, I have been playing substandard uh, recently in preparation for the content creator community cup. Um, but my dad is a little bit skewed because one, I haven't been playing in the ranked matches. Um, and two, I'm playing a popper deck, essentially. I'm playing yeah, a popper deck with five uncommons in it. A couple uncommon cards in that bitch. Yeah. So I'm like the games I'm losing, I'm losing by an absolute fucking landslide. Um, but the games that I'm winning, I do feel vindicated because I'm like, oh, I just beat your your actual standard mono deck. rare mythic rare deck with uh, a bunch of garbage, <laughs> like a, a literal draft deck. Well, if you got that in a draft deck, you fucking murder everyone. Well, it might be a draft deck on arena because the bots don't know what they're doing. But that's a, another topic all in of itself. You're not wrong. Uh, but the big cards that uh, I people are complaining about are Golos, Tireless, pilgrim which is a five mana three five but when he enters the battlefield you search your library for a land card you put it on the battlefield tapped and then you shuffle your library uh he also has another ability for two in wooberg you exile the top three cards of your library and you may play them uh this turn without paying their mana cost but uh for some reason i don't think that that's particularly an issue 
So it's literally just a five mana tutor for a lane. Yeah, it's like Solemn Simulacrum, um, except for instead of a basic, it's just anything. Anyway. Yeah. And then I did see that there's adventure, some adventure decks that are quite good. The like other the white base adventure, like white, green, and white, black, I think. Yeah, there's good. the the one that I was had been seeing, at least uh, on Arena, had been like the white, green base uh, with cards like, like the... Uh, Lovestruck Beast, that for one adventure you get a 1-1 one, one human, and then he's a 2-3, a 5-5, uh, five, five, but it can't attack unless you control a 1-1 one, one creature. Yeah, that thing that seems card's pretty aggressive. incredibly powerful. Um, and it, when it's paired with the, uh, the Edgewall Innkeeper, like it's a 1-mana one 1-1, one, one, which great, works with the Lovestruck Beast, and uh, that, uh, the... Edgewall one one death touch. No, that the Edgewall Innkeeper is the one that says uh, when you cast a creature spell that has adventure, uh, you draw a card. Oh, seems good. Yeah, so those two cards work ju- absolutely insane together. Yeah, that seems really fucking good. You're just churning through your deck. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think anybody was ever thinking that that was not a powerful card, the Lovestruck Beast, um, at least as far as the standard context goes, because anytime you get a three mana 5-5, five, five, uh, you're pretty much going to do everything in your power to enable that card. Yeah, you're not wrong. That's in the standard super aggressive. It's, well, it's super mid-range, I guess. Yeah, that but rate, it can be aggressive. That rate is insane, though. And just the fact that it, it by itself enables its own body as long as that 1-1 does not get killed. You also just have, get to play other 1-1s in your deck that aren't bad cards. Like, that's still, that's 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 a solid strategy. Um, I may have asked this before, but is Lana Elves still? No, Lana Elves was Dominaria. Okay, so Dominaria that's, is that's refreshing. That that's not a thing. I agree because uh, that would be way two, over five, the five. Top. Yeah, just casual turn to that guy. Like turn one Lana Elves, turn two uh, five five, and then next turn hit you for five. Like that's on some modern level power shit. And you can casually play another five five after that. That's faster and better than a batter skull. <laughs> yes. That beats Batter Skull. Yeah, it chews it up pretty good. Um, the other thing that I was seeing in Standard uh, is the Fires of Invention decks. So they're essentially like Jeskai Planeswalker decks, um, but they're playing that enchantment, uh, Fires of Invention, which is a uh, four-mana enchantment, three and a red, and it says that you can cast spells only during your turn, and you can't cast more than two spells each turn. Um, but it also says you can cast spells with converted mana cost less than or equal to the number of lands you control without paying their mana. Yeah, I saw that thing. That thing looks really fucking sweet. Yes. LSV went pretty deep with the uh, the time walk that is three mana, but you don't untap on your next yes. turn. Yes, with like the reclamation. Yeah. Or not reclamation, uh, not even with reclamation. Whatever that enchantment is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that is, there's a bunch of different decks that are enabled by that. But if you can just play Planeswalkers, just like for essentially free, just running out a million planeswalkers and just being able to just do whatever you want to do. And like you get to play just like a wrath for free. Yeah, or, turn turn five, say two five mana planeswalkers are essentially nothing. Uh, okay. Yeah, have fun with that. Sure. Yeah, like how do you beat that? You, you just don't. But I mean, that brings me to my next question. And I think it's something that we could probably spend honestly the majority of this podcast talking about. Um, what do you, how do you feel about the way that the bans and restrictions list in the past, like, let's say four years, let's say since, uh, since the energy set, uh, Aether Revolt. Kaladesh. Or Kal- yeah, Kaladesh Aether Revolt with the energy. How do you feel about this new mentality for ban and restriction list? Because I know when I started playing Magic, like, nothing ever got banned. Like, the first big thing that got banned after I started playing was i think like birthing pod and that was like oh my god a card got banned and then after that it was just like is it what like a year or so after that splinter twin got banned and we we're like wow like things must be really like fucked up if these cards are getting banned because these are just so powerful and they're just just changing like warping them now it seems like and we kind of hark we kind of uh harken upon this earlier that it just seems every time something's released, there's a subsequent ban taking some card from that thing that was just released out of a form. Well, I think that they have the right idea of trying to keep broken things out of formats because some of that shit, it doesn't... Um, they are getting a little buck wild, but I think overall, 
they made a mistake with Birthing Pod, but other than that, everything has been pretty. I mean, I think Birthing Pod was 100% a crack band at that time. Yeah, you shut your fucking mouth at I that mean, time. I don't think you can. I don't think you can defend that card at least in that era. No, um, I agree. I'm maybe, just being a dick. yeah, maybe, maybe now, uh, just with the texture of modern, I don't know. Birthing Pod would be like as dominant as it was, but I still don't think it's it's allowed to come back. Yeah, but I mean. It goes back to my initial question is, like, how do you feel about this is just, is this the magic that we live in now? Yeah, I think so. I think they're going to try to keep stuff. They're very clear. They want standard to be a fun format. Um, they want modern to interactive, nothing, winning consistently but turn, before turn four. Legacy, they don't want anything that is insanely dominant or makes gameplay miserable if you're not an expert. Uh, the example there is Sensi's Divining Top. If you know how to play top, Okay, cool. But there are many people who are fucking dum-dums and don't know how to play with top. Well, top top has a really interesting learning curve where you you have to be playing with it for an amount of time in order for it to be even a playable card in your hands. But once you get it, it is uh, arguably the best card in your deck. Oh, uh, yeah. Basically and not very many brainstorm. cards have that same have that same learning. Like very, very few cards have that learning. Well, the issue with it is to get better playing it, you have to play it. Yeah, which I'm I'm fine with cards like that. If that when you get good at playing it, it is just a good card, not a broken card. The perfect example of that, brainstorm. Yeah, uh, and well, vintage brainstorm is ridiculously broken. I mean, I think that's yeah, a that's that's like a weird. But that's a different. We don't we, like yeah. you can't use vintage as a metric for literally anything. Yeah, look at well. Look at Mentor. Yeah. I mean, Mentor is one of the more played cards now because of Astrolabe and stuff. Um, so even not in a standard context, because I don't buy the argument that they're just, they're printing cards to keep things interesting. And like how you said, they're they're printing cards to try to make modern a fair format uh, because they're, they're printing cards in those sets like Astrolabe. And they're printing cards in those sets like Ren and Six, where immediately, like those cards came out and... Multiple formats adopted them. And sure, they made formats slower, but I but, don't know if they made like it more either one diverse of a format or more fair of a because there's a very there's a huge difference between playing against a run and six deck and then playing against like a fair deck. Yeah. Or playing against an Arkham's Astrolabe deck and playing against a fair deck because those cards are incredibly powerful to the point where. Sure, those games are going to go long, but you never feel like you're in those games. You're obligated to keep playing because that's how magic is, but those cards are powerful to the point where it really doesn't matter what you do. You're eventually going to lose that game because of the the power level of those cards. And, Arkham, and Astrolabe is such an innocuous card, but it does so much for the decks that it's in that like it's you never feel like you're in those games. Yeah, it fixes mana perfectly. It... Uh cantrips it's everything it's an you need artifact for urza but yeah it does everything ren and six obviously has taken modern by storm and legacy by storm but on its face ren and six is just a better magic card like in a vacuum it's a more powerful card than astrolabe but my point is all these cards that they're printing and it even boils down to the cards that they're printing now with uh with i mean hogak was obviously was in the same format and that was obviously too 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 busted um but I've seen like even snippets with Oko, where in my, it's my favorite thing in the entire world now is seeing uh, the chat or not the chat, the game log from Magic Online and it being like uh, sword supply like person. Chalice yeah, person Lord. casts uh, lightning bolt targeting Chalice of the Board or person casts sword supply shares targeting ensnaring bridge or something like that. Like Oko just makes makes my entire life just seeing stuff like that. Yeah, that card is way better than I initially gave it credit for. I thought it was good. But I didn't even think of it in the... It's kind of... It's not as good as Teferi, but it's fucking close. Three, three minutes of Teferi. Sure. Yeah. Because just... three minutes of Teferi can bounce stuff, draws you a card, gets you out of some spots where normally you're not getting out of. Where well, this it's, is... It's the sticky situation that it puts your opponent in where, oh, now that, my, uh, my, now that the person I'm playing has Teferi... I have to completely alter my game plan. I can't use my counter spells. I can't use removal. Like I have to play around them, but I have to play on my turn. It completely ruins the concept of mana efficiency. It just, it wrecks, wrecks, wrecks instant speed. Yeah. Well, you and I talked about this. It's literally just a better defense grid. Yeah. One more mana doesn't die to artifact removal. 
Um, it draws you a card when it bounces something. Yeah, and it, the static ability, the static ability on planeswalkers may I, have been a mistake. A mistake. It, my, you took the words right out of my mouth. I think those. I think those were probably a mistake. I mean, because look at how those planeswalkers in that set in War of the Spark warped multiple form. Oh my God! Well, Karn, Karn, Narset, Teferi, like all of them are busted. I mean, and even to a lesser extent, um, Ashok. Yes, it's seeing a, a lot bunch of sideboard, sideboard play. play. A lot of sideboard play. Well, that does two two different Ds. It keeps them from searching as a static ability. Yeah, so shuts off fetch lands. And then it can hose some graveyard strategies if timed properly. Yeah, sure. Yes, and that's just there. Are uh, my next question is: Are are wizards making cards? Are they too good? Like, is magic to the point where we've had the the power creep of you like before? If you had a a four mana four four creature, there had to have been a downside. And but then it evolved to okay, if vanilla four four for four mana is totally kosher. And now we're at a point where like a four mana four four with is a insane abilities is just like it's a good card. Like people are just looking at it just like, yeah, I mean we'll play it, but it's not the best card in the set. Like before that card would have been like, what? I don't have to like sacrifice a permanent in order to play this card? <laughs> what's going on but now well, you have the things like questing beasts it's just a four mana four four with a, a page and a half of upside yeah and that's well, not even the card that people are talking about from Eldraine. yeah i see it as look at the original insane creatures from arabian nights you got like Jizm jim uh Jizm jin uh what was the surrender befreet they all had a drawback but it wasn't a ridiculous drawback and they were undercosted and very powerful yeah now you have shit that those cards don't even hold like a you said. The cards quest, now. Oh yeah, for, I mean they reprinted Jusum Jin at red in red and at uncommon. It's uncommon, yeah. The exact same card. Yeah, just a red version of it. Yep. And I, so I, I think it it sucks that I think this ban and restriction trend that we've been seeing lately is that's just that's the magic that we're living in, and I we're kind of in a in a world and i don't know if it's just like the culture of magic now or if it's the culture of uh, life right now where everybody's kind of a sensationalist about everything um so if a card just ruins standard or if, if a card when standard first comes out and it completely just busts standard and everybody's just like playing that card because information is so readily available when a deck is uh, just obviously better than everything else that cream rises to the top a lot faster than it used to because everybody's online. Everybody sees everybody's deck lists. When a deck performs, everybody jumps on it. And then tries to tweak it to make it better or... So, like, the information sharing thing is just a lot quicker now. So people get to a solved format as standard goes a lot faster, and everybody jumps to the conclusion that standard's completely ruined at this point. And I don't know if that is the cause for the BNRs or if the the just this power level increase of the cards is the cause for the increased BNRs, or maybe it's some combination of the two or something that I'm not even thinking of, but I don't know if I like, I don't know if I like the magic that we're in. If every time something comes out, something needs to get banned from. Well, standards a weird one because like you said, it's so easily solvable because it's so small. So you can't really adjust to the metagame as well as other formats. But we've had more cards banned in standard in the past two years than we did in the first 24 years of Magic. Yeah, what was the, the first things banned were Jace and... Stoneforge. Stoneforge. Yeah, and then and then it went... Yeah, standard was that. Those were banned. And then we kept... We went, 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 went. And then we just I mean, had a, tune, like a runner, a tune runner, with, runner. What was it? A tune with either. Either was mm-hmm. banned in standard. Yeah. Raging, rampaging, raging Frostodon, the fucking red dinosaur. Uh, rampaging Frostodon. Yeah, that got banned. Ramina Ruins got banned. Uh, it was Emrakul. Emrakul. Well, that's that makes. Um, well, just I mean, that card really the, wasn't like out that spectacular. It was just the uh, the energy card that was made it nuts. Aether works Marvel. Yeah, but they there you go. thank a, you. It put a hurt on that deck, um, which is exactly what it needed because they didn't want to kill Marvel. They wanted to shoot it in the kneecap. Yeah, but and I think we had that fallback during that time, and I don't think that's why uh, I came to the conclusion that I'm at now. That energy was just busted. Like energy was just a mechanic that was just so obviously a mistake, and it just 
was far more powerful than any anybody ever expected. So the cards that got banned around that mechanic or around the things that that mechanic could do made sense to neuter that. But now that that's not a, th- a thing that exists anymore, that we're still seeing formats where cards need to be banned is is kind of worrisome. Yeah, they are going in a direction that's like, hey, we need to print these really powerful cards so the set sells. But at the same time, it's like, okay, well, when you do that, you kind of fuck up standard. Yeah, and where's the ceiling on that? Like, where where is it? Because I don't see it at this point, and I don't think Wizards sees it either, because they keep printing busted magic cards. Yeah, they're trying to not go above a power level, but at a certain point, you have to do new stuff, and it's you can't always find if something's going to be broken or not. Like, I yeah. don't think they thought energy was going to be ridiculously broken, like it was. Well, does that fall back on the play design team? Like, are the players on the play design team just not good enough? I know I know of some of the players on that team, and I know they're incredible players, but there is a limit on the amount of things that a room of, I don't know how many people like, but I can't imagine it's over like 10, 20 people. I'm going to say no, because this simple fact. Do you remember the blue-red deck that exerted, and you got an additional tax step, and then it played clones and all that kind of stuff, and it just... Yeah, it played that, what, it was a 1-4 or 4-1... Yeah, all of those cards were legal for a very long time together. Yeah. And it wasn't solved until about the end of it. Yeah. Like, right before it was going to get ro- rotate out, that's when someone figured it out. And then everyone's like, oh, shit, this is a thing we can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and by no means am I blaming the play design team because, again, it can't be more than 10 to 20 people. And when those cards are released to the masses, you yeah, go you from don't 10 to 20 people happen. playing that standard format— to hundreds or thousands literally like thousands of people probably close to like million million. yeah that's true because standard is the most played format i'm pretty sure yeah yeah so just the just the the economies of scale say that those thousands possibly millions of people are going to be able to find more than the 20 people that, that initially tested the cards oh yeah for sure but that's still i mean i'm still going back to the argument that are they just are we at a point where magic cards are just too good New magic cards and standard are just too good. And eventually we're going to hit a point where the floor falls out and we're going to have another moment like uh, like when Urza's Saga came out and everything was busted. And we just went through a, a string of combo and everybody was miserable. And then we lost a bunch of the player base. I don't think we're ever going to see a player base fall out, especially with the things that are are going on in magic currently where they're kind of taking away the significance of competitive magic and really leaning hard into the more casual forms of magic oh casual magic is fucking booming yeah and and that's great because that's the that's the most fun way for people to play magic like just booster draft with your friends or commander night like drinking beers with your buddies or just it's something like that well that's actually probably more expensive commander is more expensive than probably every standard deck a good amount of modern decks depending on what commander deck you're playing those new brawl commanders they're like 40 bucks each like they can't can't find them anywhere yeah people cannot find the actual decks i was at target today just to pick up some stuff for a wedding this week and you swung past i swung past not any there there's some of the other ones like the older like the most recent commanders but there's none of the brawl decks are there none of the brawl decks yeah, because the people are going out and either buying them because they want to play them so they went out and got them immediately or people are buying them to part them because there's money to be made Yep. Yeah. So I lo- I love I love seeing casual formats like bloom. But even Popper right now, I w- I would say Popper is like in this delicate balance between a casual format and a competitive format because they're trying to move it to a more competitive light where they're I I'm assuming at some point we're gonna have a, a Popper GP. Um, at any they're... point where you have a sideboard, you're playing a competitive format. Yeah. Sure. I agree with that. <laughs> so Popper is is kind of becoming a more competitive format. But when something comes becomes competitive, there is that level of is it it's going to get busted somehow. So they have to keep a closer watch on what that is. And I don't want it to get to the point because I do enjoy competitive formats. Like a legacy is my favorite format, but I also really love casual magic. Like I love sitting around with you and the, our other buddies. And we are we're at a, a competitive level of play when we're doing those events. Like when we're just drafting like a chaos draft like we did a couple months ago. Or the annual that we do where we're just doing a bunch of booster drafts in a weekend. Like that is a more casual environment, but, but we are playing competitively. Play. Yes. yes. 
It's the best of both worlds. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to see competitive magic fall to the wayside because they're doing more focus on casual magic. I want there to be a place where both of those can coexist. Well, this is a fucking tangent. Yeah, you went off there. I mean, that this that's just what's really been bugging me lately. It's just, see, I, don't, I'm, I don't know where magic's at. I think you are on the right path where it's going to, there's always going to be competitive people. There's always going to be casual people. I'm waiting for a time when it's a combination of both, which is going to be very hard to. Yeah. And we could just be in that weird middle ground where magic is in flux because of the year that we've had of them shifting to that focus of casual. So it could just be like another year or so be, before we reach that equilibrium where both aspects of magic are equally catered and competitive magic might just be suffering for that time. I don't think competitive magic is suffering. I mean, as far as player base, no, but I think as far as formats, yes. I think most most competitive formats right now are in a bad place. Well, Legacy Rug Delver's just tearing shit up. Yeah, Astrolabe and Ren and Six are just are just so good. Modern, I don't think, is in a terrible place. Um, there's very clearly a best deck, and I think that best deck is Urza. Yeah. Um, but you can beat it. Like, that's one of the reasons I like formats like Modern. If you want to beat a deck, you can fucking smash it into the dirt. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, you can you can really focus on beating the shit out of Urza. You just have to pack your, like, Stony Silence or your oofs, and then also have some graveyard plan. And if you yeah. do, Urza will never beat you. Like, never. You have to have a pretty abysmal draw, and they have to have, like, the actual god draw for them to, to beat you into the ground. Yeah. But I like I said before, standard is such a small format where you really can't do that. Yeah, the card pool is is just inherently smaller. Like I remember uh, the I forget what it was called, Cobblade. Cobblade was trying to figure out a way to build their deck to beat Cobblade. Yeah, and that's the last that thing the, you want in a format. That was the only thing that that deck was weak to was the mirror because yeah, whoever and, started going off mm-hmm. got to go off. I mean, the last time we had something reminiscent to that was uh, Eldrazi Winner, where the Eldrazi decks were metaing to other Eldrazi decks. So you had the colorless Eldrazi, which crushed the field, but then you also had like the blue-white Eldrazi and the blue-red Eldrazi, which beat the Eldrazi decks. Yeah, and then red-green to go bigger than the blue-white. Yeah, so you had this weird little dance where I actually think you have to meta against your own archetype. You're missing, there's one later than that. It was the four-color Sahih. Because that was incredibly in good. No, standard. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, with uh, with uh, Felidar Guardian. Yeah. But yeah, that's the Eldrazi is the perfect example for modern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, I'm just not having a lot of fun. I, and thank God for this Content Creators Community Cup, because I am not really having fun playing the magic that I typically like playing. Well, so having... Go, in, go into that a little bit, because that, that is fun. It's really cool. Yeah, so uh, we've we'll talked be... about it a couple times, but so yeah, for anybody who hasn't listened to it uh, in the past two weeks or listened to us in the past two weeks, uh, we were selected to be part of the Content Creator Community Cup, uh, which is a group of uh, 16 content creators, uh, big and small, throughout the Magic community. Um, and we're all placed into four teams of four. Um, and then each month, we have a deck building restriction that we have to build a deck uh, with some sort of constraints. And then we play up against another team uh, to see which team wins for the week. And then the teams are shuffled around for the next month uh, and so on and so forth until uh, some winners are, are crowned. Um, this week, we are, uh, or this month, this round, uh, the deck building constraint is uh, peasant. So it's a popper deck, but we can have five uncommons. And additionally, uh, as another restraint, we were issued two cards. So we have to have at least one copy of one of those two cards in our 60. And then we play on Magic Arena. We play against each member of the opposing team. And we play three best of one games with our deck. I like the best of one for that format. Hell yeah. I like the best of one for just Arena in general. Uh, Because Arena is, it's quick, it's sleek. And when you slow it down with something like sideboarding, like as as integral as that is to magic, when you slow arena down in with something like sideboarding, it, it really does take away from the games. Yeah, you definitely lose something. Yeah, the best part about arena is you get to jump on jam a game, uh, win or lose, and then move on. And it's quick and it's engaging and it 
it it hits in all the right spots and when you have to sideboard in between that it's just like ah fuck like sideboarding comes around like you win or lose game one and you're just like fuck, i just want to i just want to be done i just want to play something else i just like just stop i hate arena <laughs> so i only yeah. pretty, i exclusively play best of one they should just i don't rem- play arena remove. so i mean arena's fun dude it's it's honestly a blast and i think arena is great for people who are getting into magic because like i said it it's it's incredibly visually appealing and it's really straightforward really intuitive easy to learn easy to to catch on to the mechanics of magic definitely incredibly more user-friendly than magic online and with the magic online thing it reminds you about every step that occurs and every trigger and everything like it has little animations that pop up that remind you about things uh so you as you're learning it forces you not to forget paper magic has always been that thing when i'm teaching people that they're just like they do something and they're like oh shit i forgot yeah, the steps that, that like that entering the battlefield made this happen and then we have to go back and like fix that and then move forward with it so there is always that uh, that retracting of time and then bringing it back up to speed and then that that flux of we're going back moving forward going back moving forward arena eliminates that completely where it's just like when something happens it happens you're notified it comes up as a as a trigger or an ability or whatever it happens you move on with the game and it does it in a way that is smooth and sleek and timely which is a- yeah makes it makes the game flow better yeah it has a much better flow yeah so fuck yeah arena's tight shout out to arena you did it arena yeah so i mean i've been playing standard lately um and i've been loving it because i've been playing a fucking garbage pile <laughs> it's a pretty good garbage pile yeah you're right it is um so i i, I went over our uh our deck building constraints for week one and what I had come up with almost a, a right out of the gate uh, for uh, our teams or for my deck for our uh, team's thing was one of our cards was lock dragon. So it is a four mana for, is it hybrid for, is it hybrid um, for a three, two flyer. And whenever lock dragon enters the battlefield or attacks, you may discard a card. If you do draw a card and I saw that card, I'm like, eh, whatever the ability's fine like uh, a four mana three two flyer isn't awful um but it is blue and there's another card that is illegal and standard that is also blue and it is persistent petitioners <laughs> the best fucking card in standard for Amen. sure yes fucking persistent petitioners a nice little casual one or one three for one and a blue and you know it just has a kind of boring ability that says for one mana you can tap it uh, and target player puts the top card of their library into their graveyard. Um, but it also has another little piece of text on that says uh, you can tap four untapped advisors you control. So mind you, uh, the creature type on persistent petitioners is human advisor. So you can tap four untapped advisors you control and target player puts the top four or uh, the top 12 cards of their library into their graveyard. Well, yeah, you may ask me. Tyler, how many advisors are in are in standard right now? Persistent practitioners. There's only one. There's persistent practitioners. So, right. so you would essentially just have to have your playset on the battlefield in order for this to be an ability that works. Oh shucks! Only if there was a way around that. Yeah, if only. Oh wait, there is more text. But and wait, it says there's more. <laughs> a deck can have any number of cards named persistent practitioner in your deck. Let's go. We are playing mono practitioner mill. <laughs> fucking getting after it yeah so our deck uh is uh, 23 islands 21 persistent petitioners and then other cards that interact with mail or draw us cards that is legitimately it and the one shitty lock dragon <laughs> oh yeah and what well i mean lock dragon falls into the category of cards that draw us cards right that's true i guess like i'll just discard one of these islands and then just <laughs> draw a card that hopefully is another persistent petitioner <laughs> I think the best cards in the deck are going to be Merfolk Secret Keeper. Yeah, that card's nuts. And Into the Story. Oh, Into the Story is by far the best card in the deck. It initially was not in the deck, but I've been testing it a little bit. And, like, I would never leave home without this card. If I could play additional copies of Uncommons, Into the Story would be a four of. Full stop. Best card For in the deck. For sure, yeah. Well, do you think it's better to play four of those and zero Overwhelm Practitioner or Apprentice? Um, no, because Overwhelm Apprentice is really good with Sage Rodanus. True. Uh, so the cards we're talking about, uh, Merfolk Seeker Keeper is a one mana uh, 04 
and it also has the adventure ability. So uh, for one mana at sorcery speed, you can venture deeper, which uh, is says target player puts the top four cards of their library into their graveyard. So it's just a one mana mill spell that also turns into a AO four later in the game. Most likely turn three. Yeah. Or turn four. And then into the story is uh, five blue blue um, for a draw four. But if an opponent has seven or more cards in their graveyard, it costs three less. So it's a four mana, 100% of the time. It is a four mana draw four in our, in, in our deck. And then we've got like Didn't Say Please, which is a mill counter spell. Uh, we have Overwhelmed Apprentice, which is a one mana one two that mills two and scries two. Uh, Sadro Denizen, which is a three mana two three. Uh, that when a blue creature enters the battlefield, target player uh, mills two, uh, and then obviously our one-up block dragon. So the deck is actually, I have been testing it, and I've been playing against, because there's not, unfortunately, there's not a a peasant <laughs> room on Magic Arena where you can go test peasant decks where you're allowed to have five uncommons. <laughs> also, the estimated cost of this deck is $17.30. Yeah, and that's almost 100% in uh, Persistent Petitioners. If you want to buy this on paper, the Petitioners are, by a significant margin, the most expensive card. <laughs> yes. Um, but I do plan on making a uh, a YouTube video about this deck because I we are going to have to record the videos that we play, or the, the games that we play, uh, so that the the team for creators, uh, for the, the Content Creator Community Cup, can do commentary over top. But in addition to that, I will be making a video. I apologize because uh, things have been going on uh, in in the world of fetch and shock uh, behind the scenes that have made it increasingly difficult for me to focus on putting out any kind of video content or any kind of streams. Uh, but I will, because I have to record these videos and I refuse to let this footage go to waste, I will be making videos out of this. And I already have like a script written for the intro and everything. So I, I, like, I'm, I'm actually twisting my own arm and forcing myself at a girl yeah i there will be the dog video at some point in time i promise i will get to that because that is a dream but <laughs> before then the content creator community cup is going to be our next content at least a video content we're going to get after it bud better patter let's get at her i mean so one more thing that we uh we can talk about after our lengthy tangent on uh what the fuck is going on with bandage restricted lists um, we do have new cards. This is still essentially spoiler season, right? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, if we're just going to keep that train going. Might as fucking well be. Yep, let's keep it rolling, baby. Spoiler season never ends. Spoiler season is dead. Long live spoiler season. Um, we got three new cards, bud. Three brand new, not legal in any format cards. <laughs> Cube. Commander. Oh, cubing. I mean, you could play these. They're not technically legal. But it's you could play Commander, these. bud. I mean, if Utopias do a GP, you'd have to ask. Be like, okay, uh, can I play? Can I play these? Or uh, what can I? Or can tell I everyone to eat a bag of dicks. You could do that. Kids. As you're playing your My Little Pony cards, you can tell everybody to suck a dick <laughs> and fucking deal with it, bud. <laughs> so Wizards of the Coast released uh, the three cards that they are going to be selling as a bundle in support for the, I believe it is the uh, Extra Life uh, charity events that, that a lot of uh, gaming communities have going on. Um, from my understanding, Extra Life is a charity uh, dedicated to helping uh, sick kids, kids with cancer, kids with other diseases. Um, have not done very cause. much research. I have I have supported the, uh, the Extra Life campaign in a couple different capacities uh, before. Um, there's a company... I don't know if you watch any of their content. Uh, Rooster Teeth. Nope. I didn't even know that the organization existed until today. Oh, well, Rooster Teeth. Um, did, when you were a kid, did you ever watch like the red versus blue Halo videos? Nope. I oh, was outside. God. Come on, you fucking nerd. No, they were fucking awesome. They're so funny. But they they do a lot of uh, like video game content. They do uh, some other content that I'm into or that I was into in in high school or in like my early college years. And Every year they do like a live stream for uh, Extra Life and they do like a 24 hour thing. And I always like donate a couple bucks to that because it's an insane cost. But yeah, Wizards is finally getting in on it. So they released three My Little Pony cards. I I'm assuming because My Little Pony is a Hasbro company and Wizards of the Coast Hasbro. So they, they didn't have to worry about any kind of legal issues with these guys. 
Uh, but we got some cool cards. I mean, cool. Yeah, sure. I'm going to call them cool. Yeah, fuck yeah. They're cool. They're neat. They're unique. There you go. You words better than I did. They are unique. So if you're into My Little Pony, you're going to fucking dig these. Uh, we have Nightmare Moon. We have Princess Twilight Sparkle. And we have Rarity. That's my stage name, just so you know. Uh, Rarity? No, Princess Twilight Sparkle. Oh, mine's actually Nightmare Moon. Nightmare Moon. Yeah. It's a goatsy act. <laughs> I'm done talking to you. <laughs> Kids, go Google that. Go Google goatsy. <laughs> I fucking hate you. We ruined it. We ruined the fucking My Little Pony portion. No, uh, we, we did not. Turned it awful. You I were mean, here. It You're an accomplice. It wouldn't be us, it wouldn't be us if we didn't no, make it awful. It's still good cause. Yeah, Goatsy, nothing to do with uh, Extra Life, nothing to do with My Little Pony, but <laughs> everything to do with the Fashion Shock podcast. Son of a bitch. Well, I mean, these cards are cool. Um, they could be good commanders. Uh, if you want to have friends, if you want to give plus one plus ones to other ponies and unicorns, the, if you want to do other things, I don't know. <laughs> Do whatever tickles your fancy. Yeah, these are great. Um, I, I mean, I'm not going to build a commander deck around any of these, uh, but that is just because uh, one of them cares about horses, uh, and I don't particularly care about horses. <laughs> one of them uh, has an ability that says, reveal a My Little Pony toy, uh, which, uh, conveniently enough, I, I unfortunately do not own any. I'd hope not. And I do not have the expendable income to go purchase any. Um, and the other one says for six mana, you can transform uh, Nightmare Moon. And then any pony may activate this ability to help you pay co- pay costs. I don't know any ponies, so I would just have to pay that cost myself. It seems pretty expensive to flip a creature, so. I only know stallions. Yeah, just the Italian stallion. <laughs> I, okay, scratch that. I'm buying these and I'm getting every single one altered to have Andrea Mangucci's face on it. And just signed by the Gooch. <laughs> the Gooch himself, the man, the myth, the legend, the Italian stallion, Andrea Mangucci. <laughs> okay, you've turned me around. I am now a brony. I am fully on board with these as long as they're Andrea Mangucci. Card. Did you just use the term brony? I mean, yeah, that's what that's what the people who are into My Little Ponies are called, right? I have no idea. Come on, dude. Fresh up, up, bud. Yeah, you're blowing it. Uh, but if you're interested in these, uh, go to Scryfall. They have uh, them uh, on one of their main tabs, actually. Uh, and and uh, honestly, it killed me um, because it's ponies. The galloping is the tab that is what it's called on, on Scryfall. <laughs> I don't want to live here anymore. Oh, that, that fucking killed me, man. It got me good. I saw that. I was like, what? And I realized what it was. I'm like, that is brilliant. Scryfall, it's very clever. Again, it's undefeated. Incredibly clever. Cannot beat Scryfall. Not at all. Well, <laughs> speaking of how awesome the Scryfall website is, uh, conveniently enough, the next thing that we're going to be touching upon uh, uses almost exclusively the Scryfall website. Exclusively, yes. That's yes. a good way to put it. And that is our game for the week. So every ga- every week, uh, if you're not familiar, we play a little game called Accumulated Knowledge. And it is where one of us uh, asks the other a card name that is randomly generated by the beautiful Scryfall website. Uh, the other individual has to give the mana cost of the card. If they get it, they get a point. And if they don't, uh, they lose and they are filled with shame and misery and defeat. Uh, we ask five cards and uh, I have to, I am the one who has to guess the cards, right? No, I'm asking you. Yeah, you're asking me today. Mm. So Matt, uh, because he's an idiot savant, um, has to get... Four out of the five correct. He has three hints. Uh, if he wins, he gets the shout-out. And if he doesn't, I get the shout-out and all of the, the glory that goes along with it. All of the glory. So, Matt, are you ready for your first random card? I might be. Let's all right. try it. Well, the first one um, has absolutely insane art. Woo! It is... Three and a black. No, no. it is... Shit. If you ever do that, <laughs> I'm, well, I'm ending the podcast. We're done. We're fucking done. Just came over. I win everything. (laughs) No, it is dark packed. Dark packed. Yeah, this art is bonkers. Dark packed. It's real good. I'm thinking, I know it's not demonic packed. I know that. It's not. There's a. I wonder, is it like. No, it's not the black. I don't think it's one of those. This one is honestly a pretty difficult one. 
Like, I genuinely don't even... Like, this is difficult to the point where I don't even think it's worth a hint. Yeah, I don't recall this fucking at all. This is quite possibly the hardest one we've had on the show to date. Dark Pact. Dark Pact. What do you got for me? You want to blow a hint on this bad boy? I don't think so. I'm going to go... I'm, it's black, I'm guessing. Sure. I'm going to go one black, black, black. Mm, that is incorrect. What is you it? You were stupid close, though. It is black, black, black. It is from Alpha, um, and it is one of the anti-cards. Oh, if you would have told me that, I probably would have got it. Mm, yes, it is. The, so it is one of the anti-cards. For those of you out here who don't know what anti is, um, uh, you're, you're better off for it. Um, but anti was an old mechanic that caught that made you wager your cards. Yeah, after like you during a game of magic, you shuffled up, presented, took the top card of your deck, and that was like a bet. Whoever won got to keep that card. Yes, so those cards. Yeah, so that that is why anti is not in the game anymore because it's that's fucked up. Um, but dark pack says remove dark pack from your deck before playing if you are not playing for anti, and it says you own target card in the anti. Exchange that card with the top card of your library. So just switch it out. Dude. Just yeah, you just swap that card. So Damn. yeah, interesting. That is a hard one. Yeah, I didn't. So not a pretty auspicious start. I went with grave pact. How like in all the packs, like the uh, black ones. With super, the black. Okay, that's that's super black. Really well, uh, this one makes up for it. Uh, are you ready for your next one? Because yes, it is sir. a the slowest pitch of the slow. Uh, it is Shatterstorm. Huh. I'm going to say four Wooberg. No, this is two <laughs> red, red. Yeah, it is definitely two uh, red, red. This a, a tale as old as time. A song as old as rhyme. Shatter this is from. a very good hate card. Yes. For it artifact is, style. Yeah, it's two red, red sorcery. Destroy all artifacts. They can't be regenerated if that mattered. It actually does matter. Yeah, on occasion. You know, you got like welding jar. Yeah. Yeah. So says, fuck you, welding jar. You brought it back. You got possibly one of the hardest cards. That we've and ever possibly had. Possibly one of the easiest. Possibly one of the easiest we've ever had. And I think Kiki Jiki was the easiest one we've ever had. Yeah, especially because I played that card so po- so frequently and I got that card. That and that was in my legacy deck. That was the week before that. Yeah, was that. in. Yeah, that was literally in. Yeah, we talked about that card off air before we started the podcast. Like that Almost, exact day. Yeah. All right. Give me round three here, boy. All right. Round three is a nice little middle ground. Um, We'll see if you can get this one. It is Thunder Dragon. Thunder? Thunder. You ever played that drinking game before? Oh, this is uh, from uh, one of the vaults and the dual decks because I bought... It's from the, from the vault Thunder. I bought um, <laughs> the dual decks because it had Knight of the Reliquary. Ooh, that should be a hint. Do you want a hint on what dual deck that was? No, a free Dragons one. versus a Knights. Free one. It is Dragons versus Knights. It's either six or seven. I'll tell you what, it's a magic card. I'll even give you the creature type. It's Dragon. dragon. I bet you it has flying too. It's a knight, actually. <laughs> that would be such fucking... Um, it's a dragon knight. <laughs> I don't remember what it does, but I'm pretty sure it's seven. Give me five red red. It is five red red. Yeah, you, I thought... You are too good at this fucking game, man. I wouldn't have got that if I never bought the... Bought I still, that. I'm pretty sure I still actually have this card in my binder. I would not be surprised if you don't, because why would you ever get rid of this? Because who would buy it? Yeah, pretty much. It's like, Yeah. But you're it's, right, it is five red red. Bulk rare, yeah. Yeah, it's five um, red red for a five five flyer. Uh, and then whenever Thunder Dragon enters the battlefield, it deals three damage to each creature without flying. It's actually pretty good. I mean, like for a commander card, and I'm sure in that dual deck it was probably like the top end bomb. That and I love all the dragons. I always wanted to Do make have a commander a dragon, dragon. Yeah. The art on them is just so crazy. Yeah, this art is I mean it's not outstanding for a dragon, but it's still a dragon art, so I I dig it. Oh, unfortunately, I do think you're going to get this one, even though it's, a, it's an obscure one. Like, I wouldn't get this, but I do think you're going to get it. Uh, your next one is Rolling Stones. Rolling Stone. Oh, this is, um, uh, oh, fuck it. Let's Walls Attack. I mean, it it is a card, and it has text on it. If that is the text, I cannot tell you. Unless! It's either a wall like a that says, I'm going to probably use it in here. Um, I'm pretty sure it's either a wall that says other walls can attack. Or it's an artifact. It is a I'm pr- magic I'm pretty sure, card. I'm pretty sure it's two mana either way. Um, what is the uh, what is the card type? The card type is enchantment. So not a creature and also not an artifact. I still think it's two mana. But it is an enchantment. I, I can give you that. I'm pretty sure it's white or red. 
when you said Rolling Stones for a second, I thought it was Rolling Thunder, and I was like, no. Thunder! Say Thunder one more time. <laughs> oh, fuck. I'm pretty sure it's two. I'm going to go... I'm going one one white. One white? Is that your... No, no. Oh. Like, colorless white. Yeah, yeah, one and a white. Oh, uh, okay. Is that... Yeah, but is that, is that what you want? Is that your... Lo- are you locking that in? I don't know. It's white or red. It's either one red or one white. I'm going one white, because that's not really a thing that... There's not many walls in red. No, I don't think red would ever do that, uh, because it is exactly one white. Uh, you were right. Walls may attack as though they were not walls. Yeah, I knew something shitty like that. This is... A ratted to... Wall creatures can attack as though they didn't have a defender. This is actually probably pretty good now with that uh, uh, commander, wall commander, or whatever. Oh, you defender commander. Off. Very interesting. I'm sure it makes it into that deck, right? Just as an as a redundant effect for that. Yeah, probably. Yeah, from Stronghold, seventh edition and eighth edition. That's why I thought I you didn't know it was from Stronghold. Actually, Stronghold has really good art it's like a blob that's like grabbing goblins pretty sweet stuff that actually does sound pretty cool well it's oh, a wall fucking this up some shit. next one is for all the marbles and i have two fucking hints just remember that you do you have two hints so you should stop giving me two hints i am not incredibly yeah you know what you have, three one hints. Hint. you have one hint you only have well, t- two hints you can't fucking change nope, my, game. my game my rules <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is the banned and restricted announcement live. Yeah. I'm, I'm banning one of your hints. Fair enough. Fuck. Played <laughs> the myself next... there. Yeah, you really did. You should have just mentioned that, like, you know, five minutes later. So bitch. <laughs> but your last card is Fog Elemental. Oh, that's uh, three blue blue. No. No, that's uh, Air Elemental. Air Elemental oh, is fucking... not a card. It is I know fog... this. Oh, my God. Kev used to play this card. That... Does not surprise me in the slightest that Kevin would play this card that I'm looking at right now. It's the book. Whatever the book is. Sure. Give me the text. Fog Elemental has flying. And also, when Fog Elemental attacks or blocks, you sacrifice it at the end of combat. Oh, this is uh, two and a blue. It's a 4-4 flyer. Is that your final answer? Yeah, I I know it is because Kev used to fucking play Bloodlust on this thing. That smacked me for eight in the air. God damn it, Kevin. Yeah, that is 100% red. It's two and a blue. Wow, you came back from that awful start of <laughs> Dark Pact. I did get a softball, though. I got Shatterstorm. That's a waffle of a card. That is fair. That was a that was a slow pitch. But the rest of them, I would say, are probably relatively middle of the ground. I mean, for you, everything is a fucking easy card. Because, like, you bought the dual deck for one of them. Kevin used to fucking play another one of them. Fucking, come on now. I almost fucked it up, though, with Air Elemental. I was like, oh, that's three blue-blue. I sure. was honestly on the edge of my fucking seat when you said when you said the mana cost for Air Elemental. I'm like, oh, my God, he did the thing. He fucked it up again. He did the, what is it, the Agony Warp thing that you did last time? Yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> oh, so I was confident going into it. So I was excited. like, no, no, no. I was yeah, because like, you were full in on that, too. And I'm like, yes, well, it's as happening. As, you, as soon as it's you said happening. Fog Elemental, as soon as you said it, I was like, oh, five, three blue-blue. Wait. Yeah, you almost snapped that off. You learn from the agony warp thing. See, you're learning, you're evolving, and I'm proud of that. Yes. I'm I am incredibly proud of the progress that you've made during the course of this podcast. <laughs> well, dude, uh I guess this means that uh you are the sole proprietor of our shout out for that. It's me. I'm the fucking best. You're the shout out? No, that's not true. You <laughs> suck. You can't do that. My game, my rules, bitch. <laughs> no, it's not. It's my game. <laughs> oh, actually, conveniently enough, yeah, our shout-out is one of our teammates for the uh, the content creator community cup. One of our other teammates. This, oh, excuse me. It is Crocodile TG. That's yeah. Crocodile as an Australian accent. Crocodile. Yeah, so they're actually from the, the 412. Yeah, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, but oh my god, I just realized that one of my teammates is, is a local yokel. Yeah, so you can follow them on Twitter at CrocodileMTG, that's C-R-O-C-O-D-I-L-E-M-T-G. Um, so yeah, you'll see some more of them with fucking slinging spells with us. Hell yeah, and I'm honest, I'm going to follow this guy home too, because he lives close to me. That might be the creepiest thing you've ever said. It's, I'm not just going to follow him on Twitter, I'm also going to follow him to his household. <laughs> we'll tweet that shit out for 
live tweet. I'm going to be on some kind of list somewhere. <laughs> if you're not on a God list, I'd be very Honestly, shocked. if I'm not on a list already, uh, fair, fair point. You're not playing your life right, son. Yeah, and he is also uh, on his Twitter. If you go to his Twitter, which, yeah, go follow him. Uh, you can also see in his pinned tweet uh, links to his YouTube, links to his Twitch, links to his Patreon. So, uh, yeah, go check out his videos. Go see what's up. Um, uh, standard, modern, legacy. So, uh, two formats that matter and then standard. Yeet. Which is, has been our mantra since day one. Yeah. And then will you fucking join us in this thing. And then it's like, hey, let's play standard. And I fucking ripped my hair out. Well, I mean, standard is the is one of the only formats that's bringing me joy, and it's because I get to play with mill cards. Fair. Which I think is secretly, as much as some people want to want to shy away from it, mill is low key one of the most fun mechanics in it. What is? I'm sorry. I didn't mill. Hear what you said. Mill is low key um, one of the most fun. When yeah, just because it it basically says I don't give a fuck what you're doing. I'm going to kill you with a different way that you're not expecting. Yeah, it takes the core competencies of magic and flips them and says, oh, yes. yeah, this doesn't matter. This this normal thing that I started learning how to play, uh, that that 20 life thing. Yeah, it throw it in the trash. It doesn't matter. I'm going to yeah. I'm going to do something different. And that's why I've always loved magic. Matt, is there any other announcements that we want to make before we uh, we send this one off? Fucking eternal weekends coming up. Go. Yeah, baby. Come Best weekend of the year. Yeah, I'm going to be slinging some, some mocks in. Best week, because our Invitational Tournament is probably the best week. Yes. This is close second. I'm going to get to play my favorite format. So if you guys want to draft or something, go fuck yourselves. I'm going to be playing Vintage all weekend. Well, I will be playing Legacy. Um, And to nobody's surprise, I'll be playing Death and Taxes, because duh. Yeah. Ah, you have uh, waffled back and forth on what deck you're going to play, but you finally landed on uh, what exactly? Uh, P.O. Yeah, you're going to play a little outcome. bit of paradoxical outcome. A little bit of combo action. A little bit. Shocker. Going to be storming off, uh, making some some little monk tokens. Going to be sending people to uh, to monk school, where they're going to learn how to... Brian Coble token. Got to love that Brian Coble token. Oh, another... This is a Pittsburgh-themed episode. We got the Crocodile, Pittsburgh guy. Coble, Pittsburgh guy. Me, Pittsburgh Eternal guy. Weekend. You, former Pittsburgh guy. Eternal, Eternal Weekend, Pittsburgh weekend. team. Yeah, Pittsburgh guy. <laughs> Pittsburgh guy, close enough. Yeah, um, yeah, Pittsburgh. Not a great city, but a city. It's a fun city. It's an alright city. It exists. I will get. It, I will give it the fact that it exists. It does exist. They do exist. Fetch and shock does exist. I don't remember what that's from. The keyboard elves? No. Yeah, it, that's the it. Hundred percent is they the keyboard do elves. Exist. Yeah, because no, it's the M and M's or the M and M's. Yeah, it was the Christmas one, the Christmas yep. commercial. Where he's where Santa Claus comes down the thing and he sees and the, the yeah they do exist he does exist and then they all pass out and it's yeah. uh, Santa <laughs> I hate do you know when the last time I saw that was probably a fucking five years ago at least more than that and yeah, when, I that remember it verbatim yep it does exist <laughs> Jesus Christ this is why my brain works differently. Yeah, he, he, that is just proof positive that Matt's brain is on some other different plane. It's not a better one. It's not a worse one. No, we're different. we're all on like Innistrad or something, and you're just on fucking like Alara or something just over there fucking yeah, off. Just I'm just somewhere. I don't know where. Somewhere that has zero similarity similarities to our plane. That took a fucking weird turn in our <laughs> podcast. It doesn't just... as always. Yes, it always does. Oh, fact and shock. We do exist. That's the title of the episode. <laughs> People won't get it until they listen to the very end. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Episode 21. They do they exist. They do exist. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Oh, that's great. If Okay. If you listened this far and you get it, why the episode is named, tweet at us. And just because I, ju- I want to see how many people actually get this deep in the episode so please 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 go onto twitter send us a tweet just saying just reply to the tweet that i that i put out in the morning when this episode goes live and yeah just reply to the to that tweet just saying they do they do exist (laughs) fantastic oh because all right my dude this is a nice little little experiment oh god damn (laughs) yeah well dude um 
Oh, if you wanna, if if you wanna, I don't think we plugged ourselves in like the longest time. Oh no, yeah, we, I can, think we just we forget can do to do that. that. Yeah, so if yeah, you want to follow Fetch and Chalk on Twitter, uh, follow us at Fetch underscore Chalk. If you want to follow me, Tyler, I'm at, uh, at BasicLandBen. And if you want to follow Matt, which God knows why you would want to do that, um, it is at It's Bop. Yeah, You're a funny go, guy. Yeah, and also go check out uh, Flipside Gaming because uh, if you use code Fetch at checkout, you get 10% off and it helps the podcast a lot. So go help us out. Thank you. Yeah, you fucking dum-dums. Go do Look it. Look at that. We remembered the plugs. We are a real team now. We did it. We really strayed away from our uh, our roots there for a, for probably like two weeks. I feel like we have not done this in a while. That's all right. Fuck, all right, we do dude. what we want. Yeah. All right. It's well, our podcast. I, we do what we want. Well, see you next week, dude. Yeah, sounds good, bud. Peace out, nerd. Later.